Hello and welcome to the Split Row Podcast. I'm Steve Bagdick and joining me as always, he's getting his own Star Wars spinoff. It's Gabe Acevedo. The Gabalorian. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be the Gabalorian. That's, a, it, that's not a bad name. Yeah, it's going to be me hunting down Puerto Rican politicians so they could turn on the light on the island. There you go. It's See? like, it's it's kind of interesting because like the other two, actually three of three of the four Star Wars series we have so far are just names. Right, we had like Obi Wan, we had the Book of Boba Fett, we have Andor. Like, so yours would probably be like Acevedo. <laughs> Can you imagine? That'd be interesting. Or like, hmm. Like the Wikipedia of Acevedo. <laughs> <laughs> the Book of Acevedo. It'd be a very short page, though. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it would be a pretty interesting a short book with lots of pictures. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of pictures. There's limited series and then there's whatever my story would be. Are you going to go backwards to like making like a full like classic like early 2000s slash 90s like show where you have, you know, 20 episode seasons or 30 episode 20, seasons, 24 episodes per season. And then there they always go. start in September and in April and we begin right away in September again. Remember the good old days when that's how, how did is we've been so it's been so long since I've seen shows like that. How did people work with those schedules? They just worked. They only made one project at a time. They didn't do like 18 different things and sign on. And yeah, anyway, now we're lucky <laughs> enough to get a, a, a another season of a show if it's two years. Lucky if it's two years. I mean, what's what's nice about, you know, we're talking about Andor, but one of the things that it's going to be nice to talk about and, and talk about with the show is it. it if there's 12 episodes that's actually a lot so like it is <laughs> there's it so is. many things it's like 12 episodes that's a ton of episodes it's like it's not at all we were just so used to like six or five episodes being a quote-unquote season it's just ridiculous well it's 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 so fun it's so funny because we went from 25 to 30 season episodes in the 90s and 2000s and then um what from like 2009 to 2015 we got those 13 episode seasons and now yeah. even that is considered very long. So now we get what six to ten episode seasons. What I like, what I'm finding really interesting about shows now is it's just like how many episodes do you get? I don't know. Seven. Seven episodes? Why seven? Because that's how long the story is. It's just like weird. We just got like weird versions of it nowadays. So it's like, yeah, you can't even figure out like how many you have to like Google how many episodes there are gonna be of yep. the show before it comes out. Because like, I don't know, like how many episodes is Rings of Power? Eight? Rings of Power is eight. Yeah, it's about to finish. <laughs> Good. Uh <laughs> it's about to finish. But then and then and then they say, Oh, but some episodes are gonna be an hour and a half to two hours. I'm like, like then then just make, so write make better 13 episodes. episodes. Yeah. yeah. Write it better. Just write it better. You know, we don't need we're taking breaks. Yeah, and I love Stranger Things, but we didn't need two episodes that were literally too many movies. We yeah. don't need that. <laughs> but fun times, remembering those good old days. The good old days. The good old days when a season, if you were a fan of a show and you would buy, you would go to Borders and you would buy a season of a show, it would be like five DVDs because the season was so long and you could only fit like four or five episodes per disc. Yeah. You know, if, if I was just thinking if Lost was that way, Lost might have ended pretty well. <laughs> you don't know. Well, like you think about it, like Lost, everybody hates the end of Lost. Lost ends very badly. But like if it was, if it was done that way, it might have ended pretty well. It wouldn't have gotten as freaking weird as it did. So. Mm -hmm. Maybe. It would open that would hatch after know. like three episodes. Who knows? Right. <laughs> oh Lord. Don't get speaking of tele speaking of television shows that uh you know are super old and like how different we are now. Um, this is this is completely random. I mean, luckily this is the beginning of our podcast, so like people haven't shut it off yet. So like they're still waiting for us to actually talk about Andor, so they're 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 gonna listen to this. Um, I was I was talking to my class the other day because I'm teaching a class on like some uh um what are we doing? Uh, stuff like with the different spheres in which people operate. So like the atmosphere, hydrosphere, and lithosphere and the biosphere. And I was like, when those spheres combine, you form Captain Planet, right? So I made that joke. And my <laughs> students looked at me like, who are you? And uh, I was like, yeah, Captain Planet. And just start describing Captain Planet about these like kids who get power rings to fight capitalism and pollution. And when it's too powerful, they have to combine and create summon this like superhero from the planet to to defeat the capital the polluters and they just looked at me like i'm crazy and then i looked it up and there are 113 episodes of this television show 
that, 113 that episodes awesome. of Captain Planet. Didn't they have like a pig villain? They did. They had a yeah. pig villain, right? Yeah. They have they have like that shows wild. That shows wild. That is intense. And I re- I remember Gaia. That I remember. <laughs> Voiced by Oprah, not by Whoopi Goldberg. By Whoopi Goldberg, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Kids yeah. today don't believe us. They just no, no. I mean, it's it seems like a ridiculous show. It seems like a ridiculous concept, but it was like it was a real show. And I I, I remember the theme song, all of it. It's fantastic. <laughs> he Captain Planet. He's our hero. <laughs> Gonna take pollution down, down to zero. To zero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's amazing. What a great show. <laughs> ahead of its time it's trying to warn us this is what's coming in a few decades it people. was i actually was reading up on this because i went into a deep dive on on captain planet and like there was actually there was talk about remaking it and like re-releasing it as like a movie and do you know who was going to produce this movie in 2017 it was in in talks a, a climate, a, i don't know a, a, a climate activist Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio was in talks <laughs> to produce it. Of Are you kidding me? He was. I would love to see Leonardo DiCaprio as Captain Planet. That would be freaking hilarious. Yikes. Who would Lovely. play Captain Planet in a live action today? Dude, I have no idea. They'll go no. for one of the Chris's. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, they'll go for one of the Chris's. <laughs> I just feel like Chris Evans playing Captain Planet. It's been ridiculous. God, what a show. They'll go for what? one of the Chris's or one of the Ryan's. That's it. Mess. No, I'd, I'd, yeah, that'd be, it, it would be a mess. Absolute mess. <laughs> Complete mess. Yikes. Fun time. Wanna... Now I actually want to see that show again, or at least a couple episodes. Yeah, it's not streaming anywhere, unfortunately. So good luck finding it. Is it owned? Who's, who owns Captain Planet? Do you um... know what studio or... I think it was it was on TBS, so I don't know who owns that. It's the Turner Broadcasting, so that's like uh, I don't know who owns TBS. That's that his own thing. Nobody, no, that's no streaming network. That would be interesting to it's see. It's Turner, right? Turner doesn't have a streaming network. No, they don't. They're the only ones until they called, Oh wait, it was called Cap. I forgot the rest of the name. It was called Captain Planet, Captain Planet. and the Planeteers. Yeah, sorry, I, I didn't want to. I was just abbreviating it for our audience. I, I definitely knew that that's what it was called. Well, I forgot that it was called and the Planeteers. Oh yeah, and the Planeteers. Yeah, after we have a five-minute discussion on Captain Planet at the beginning of this episode, wow, let's talk about. Some, do you want to talk about some like new stuff? Yeah, as opposed to stuff amazing. that came out thirty-two years ago. I mean, this is our. It's just a little retro review. Because <laughs> Captain Planet. I mean, our our listeners know who Captain Planet is. If you don't look up the theme song, it's fantastic. It's so 1990. It's amazing. You know, those, those 90s cartoon theme songs, and they were some bangers. Like, you know, you got the X-Men theme with that, like amazing guitar riff. You got, you know, Pokemon had a a fantastic opening one. Even like the Power Rangers with that metal guitar. Oh, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. Just great, great uh, opening theme songs, I would say. The 90s. I'm sorry, but no, no cartoons will ever be the 90s. Saturday's cartoons. You know, maybe we have to do go back at some point and just do like Animaniacs was really cool. Oh, Animaniacs. I, you know, there could be an interesting episode in there about like the best cartoon theme songs. That's a good one. Oh, that's a good one. See, coming up with ideas for you right here, listeners. That's what it is. That's what it is. Why don't we talk about something new, though? Yes, let's let's talk about. Because we can literally go down the rabbit hole of Captain Planet and 90s we could. cartoons we for could. two we're, hours. We're, we're off script. Like, I don't even have any, I didn't even talk, throw any of this in our script that we have here, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Let's talk about it. So, we did, we, we did get an announcement today. I do, this is the only headline I have. Uh, I was going to talk about Don't Worry, Darlings, but like the drama there is just too much for me to talk about right now. So, we're not going to get into it. Uh, but I did see just before we came on to record today, there was a post on the Instagrams. Actually, it was on Twitter, I believe, by the master of social media, Ryan Reynolds. And he was making this like announcement about Deadpool 3, which is coming out soon. Well, it's actually coming. They, they announced the date. What? It's uh, September 6th of 2024. Something like that. Yeah. Because I think when it's coming up. Yes, yeah, so it's two years from now. But they, he wanted to get people excited about it and have a, a big announcement because, you know, they weren't at D23. And. Lo and behold, we have a character returning to the MCU from the X-Men CU in Wolverine. He's back. Hugh Jackman's back. We're, I'm, I'm actually kind of excited about this. It seems ridiculous, but he's back. What do you think of this? Oh, I well, first of all, 
I I started getting messages from the other podcasts that I do in Puerto Rico, like, but I didn't open them. Um, so I saw the video. I still surprisingly, I saw the video and I hadn't seen any spoilers in in my timeline. Um, so I'm like, oh yes, the announcement finally Deadpool three. We've been waiting for this, especially because it's under Disney, under Marvel, and all that. And then study, but we did have one idea, and he, he walks behind him. I literally let out a scream in my guest bedroom. <laughs> Um, and I'm like, this is insane. So I am super excited because honestly, I thought he would never reprice this role, especially after ending with Logan, which come on, people. Logan is a brilliant masterpiece of a movie. Yeah, I love um, Logan. So I never actually thought he would return to this role. But and both of them are friends. You know, it's a running gag um, yeah. um, from that awful Wolverine movie that we got over 10 years ago. Um, so I am I'm just excited to see both of them together again in these two iconic roles i love it and i love that hugh jackman said no one's gonna play wolverine while i'm alive i'm coming back that's basically what it was because i mean there's so many people that are like worried they're gonna recast him you know like who who's gonna play wolverine like how are they gonna redo this and he's like no one's gonna play him it's just gonna be me again and that'll be it and we'll see what they do i mean we'll see what they do i mean we know that deadpool can enter into like the multiverse and stuff like that so we'll, mm -hmm. we'll see how that ultimately is gonna end up going but yeah i'm excited I'm super really excited. Cool. I just want, I, I really do want Hugh Jackman in a version of the yellow animated costume. Yeah. I really want to see that. Um, yeah. That'll be super cool. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I think the cast is great. Obviously, the director's great. It's going to be MCU. They're going to let the, they're going to let it be an R rated movie again. So, you know, they said it's going to be the only R rated one. So go for it. Good. I don't care. It'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I mean, let's just let's let let's let them cook. Let's let them have fun. They deserve it. Yeah, they do. They they really do. And it's Hugh Jackman made. I mean, it's been what 23, 24 years since he started playing this role, and he's back. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. He can't get away from it. He just can't get away from it. Even though he said he retired. Well, so did Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart said he retired from from playing the character as well, but he was back. So why not? <laughs> just keep doing it. Hey, when you have the Kaching coming in. I'll reprise yeah. whatever role you need me to. For sure. For sure. Speaking of the Kaching, this podcast is uh not Kaching, but um <laughs> making money off of this. Uh now, um, I do want to talk about Andor. Andor is the it's the show that's the main discussion point, it's the main talking point. That's what we're gonna do today. So I'm gonna talk about we're gonna talk about it. I think this by Kaching, I mean like this movie, this this show rather, does look like it's worth a lot of money, I'll say. I think it 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 looks it looks great. I mean, right right off the bat, just to start, we we like this show, right? We're we're both on board. This show is actually really good. Yeah, it's it right? is. Yep. Yeah. So just know that from the beginning. Like sometimes we we get into talking about shows and they're like, do they like this show? This isn't the book of Boba Fett. We actually do like this show. <laughs> okay. With the Powerpuff Girls, remember that? Oh my god. The bikes, anyway. the, the the space rangers. Just pathetic. The space uh, power rangers. Yikes. But, uh, we do like the show. We'll we'll definitely talk about the show a little bit, but I do want to get into just like some of the some of the precursors to this. So we, we are talking about Andor. If you haven't seen it, it's on Disney Plus. Uh, the first three episodes dropped. I watched them all over the weekend. It's one of those things that actually you kind of need to watch it in as all three. Not that like watching the first episode is going to leave you like disappointed, but there's a there's a story arc over the first three episodes that kind of is completed in three. So it's a good way to start. But I do want to talk about it just from the beginning, like way back. So this show was announced like, you know, very early on in Star Wars production of television, right? When they started saying like, we're going to make TV shows. And then they were like, what are you going to make? And they said, we're going to make The Mandalorian, which is a show about a character you've never heard of before. And then we're going to make Andor. And everyone's like, what? what? You mean the, the side character from the spinoff Star Wars? That sort dies of at the end? Yeah, like sort of prequel, not prequel, prequel, sequel, whatever movie from 2016. They announced that four years ago. What was your reaction to, to hearing we're getting an Andor show? Um, at the time, I'm like, okay, a little bit of a stretch um, because every single reason you pinpoint it, I liked him. I love Diego Luna. I love this character. I think Rogue One is probably the best Star Wars Disney movie. Um, so I'm like, Sure, but do we need it? Especially because we all know how it's going to end. We know it's going to be a prequel. So I was lukewarm. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll take Star Wars content, but I had no idea what they were doing. 
Yeah, I mean, that's like it's four years ago, you know, that that they announced that. And then I feel I feel kind of the same way. Like, I, I really appreciated Rogue One. I really liked Rogue One. I thought it was it was quite good. And, you know, Dega Luna's character of, of Cassian Andor, I was like, OK, this guy's kind of interesting. Like, I didn't I didn't actually I wasn't that attracted to that character too much. You know, I, I mean, I really think that uh, the other characters in there really shine. But I, I could see why he was such a popular character. Mm-hmm. And. When I heard they were doing it, I'm like, oh, so this is actually a little bit different because it's a more gritty story. Like, because, you know, even in even in Rogue One, Andor kills people like he, he like straight up just kills people as like a spy, which is not something that you get a lot of in in Star Wars. You know, you, you get a lot of like we've been so often seeing the main characters are like space wizards with light swords. And, you know, that's what we see them go rah, rah, rah and like push people away with their hands. You know, we don't see these gritty characters. You know, we haven't seen these. And that's why I feel like that's why the Mandalorian was such a hit, because it wasn't about a character who uses the force, you know, and it was and and Andor is going to go down that same boat. It's like we're going to get a different story about a more gritty character. And, you know, I I was like, okay, cool. And honestly, I was like over the over the years, it's been what, four years since they announced it. Four and we, years. Knew, we knew it was happening. Every once in a while, I think I saw like two years ago after the first season of The Mandalorian came out, they had like a, a featurette, right? On like Andor, mm-hmm. they had like a featurette and they're like, oh my God, guys, these sets are amazing. We're so excited. You know, Diego Luna's out there being like, oh my God, I'm so excited to be back in this world. And I'm like, where's the show? It's been four years and they still never released it. And then finally it did get out. And like, I mean, to be fair, this did go through a long, uh, long, long production to get out into the world. Like, it was long delayed, first of all, by perceived costs, like the showrunner and, and people were like, how are you going to make a Star Wars show? It's going to be so expensive. You know, that was one of the things that prohibited them. The cost prohibited them, right? Like of the, the COVID then came in, the producers, writers, all this stuff started to shift around a little bit, you know, and this, this actually pushed it to be released way after the Mandalorian because we also, we didn't just have the Mandalorian. We ended up getting the book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan all before this projects, and- which and we got I, two seasons of Mandalorian. Well, two yeah. and a half, two and a half seasons of Mandalorian. Yeah, we <laughs> so we got two. Yeah, that's funny. Like two and a half seasons of Mandalorian, basically. The Book of Boba Fett and Obi Wan. You know, all of those, the, especially the Book of Boba Fett and Obi Wan. I I think are really interesting because did these delay? Do you think these delays uh, actually, and because of the other projects, sort of success and failure, did that dampen or build excitement for the show? Do you think? For me, I think it built on it because it it we it was like the top gun of star wars it felt like this production that is this real because we've been seeing featurettes and teasers and trailers and pictures but like does this actually exist so i'm like it, it came to the point that i've seen so much of it or been waiting for it so long that i want to see it um especially after my lukewarm reaction to boba and kenobi um so i was like really excited to like okay let's see what they do um hoping before we get into the show per se hoping that i i was like i hope this is different you know they've been saying that all these shows are different and we're not going to rely anymore on like or as much in 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 nostalgia and skywalkers and stuff like that they still do so i'm like hopefully this is different but apart from also mandalorian fett and kenobi those are the live action ones we also got visions we also got um bad batch so andor has been delayed a lot because you got yeah. tons of other projects before this and this was the along with mandalorian the first shows that was announced so it's interesting and i do believe i know they haven't released the costs for any of these shows officially but from what i've read and what i've seen ander could be the most expensive star wars show because it was shot on location around the world well, yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things that actually benefits it the most. I mean, for for me, with these delays and everything, I was I was worried. I'm like, oh god, this show's gonna have like all sorts of problems. That's why it's so delayed so many years now, you know. And then, you know, I love the Mandalorian season one, love the Mandalorian season two, I love the Mandalorian season two point five. But the book of Boba Fett was horribly disappointing. We've talked about this a lot. Uh, I thought it looked cheap. The writing was poor. I thought the the everything about the pacing was was off it just didn't work they tried to make a crime show like you know a crime syndicate show and that didn't work it didn't it didn't land without the crime yeah without any crime that was the other thing like this is stupid 
Obi-Wan, although you could see there was value there, um, I think it, it ultimately let me down a little bit. So I was, I was a little worried about Andor. I'm like, the excitement was dampened. I'm like, okay, we're getting another show, but you know, we'll see what happens. Cause I think Diego Luna is a great actor. So we'll see how it goes. And, uh, you know, and to be honest, to be totally honest, I started this show second screening it, you know, I was doing other things and watching it, but man, it shifts and it, it picks up. It, it's very, very good. <laughs> I'll say, uh, you could see saying that it's the, it's the most expensive. It, it shows that it's expensive and it, it, it looks expensive in a way that is reflect. It's it's more reflected in like a uh, like in, in a sort of you could see the, the production value is is my mm -hmm. take. You could really see the production value. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but I want to start at the top of this. Uh, it, it comes from Tony Gilroy. Tony Gilroy is the writer uh, showrunner of this show, right? He is he's been working in the industry for a long time. He's like in his mid sixties. Right. And he he's been this person who has been around some really great projects. And that's one of the things that I think sets this apart. You know, he's responsible for writing like a piece of Armageddon. I mean, you have no idea. It's one of five writers who wrote that movie. It's it's basically like, you know, Michael Bay, Tony Gilroy's there, a bunch of other people. He wrote cocaine. the animal cracker scene. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I had to. To be fair, that's one of the most memorable seasons. In the movie. <laughs> I, had I to. hope he did. I hope I so some one of those writers out there is taking credit for that scene. I'm just saying yeah. right now. That's one of those writers is like, yep, that's me. That's me right there. Iconic. <laughs> Iconic. What a scene. Uh, but he's also he's also written some other things that like, you know, a lot of people have seen, you know, like Michael Clayton, which is Academy Award nominated. He wrote it, directed it. It's, it's a great, great film. But, you know, the Bourne films, he wrote all of the Bourne films, even directed Bourne Legacy. Um, and he wrote. Star Wars Rogue One. He like wrote a redraft of Star Wars Rogue One and all these reshoots and stuff. He he did all of that work. You know, what what relationship do you think do you, do you have with his work? Like, and what what do you think he brings to the back to the Star Wars universe? Um, I think he brings a little bit, and I don't know if this sounds good or bad, but I think he brings a little bit of prestige. Not that other directors and writers do not. Um, but this is a person who has dabbled in many genres while. At the same time, those genres are very connected. Um, I had no idea he had worked in the Bourne movies. I found out that um, earlier before we started recording. I did know about Michael Clayton, which I love. Um, I did know about, obviously, Rogue One. Dolores Claiborne, which is a huge Stephen King movie that I love. Um, so I think he brings something kind of genre-bending that, as of now, works for Andor really well. And I think you can see his perspective and you can see touches in those first three episodes. You can see things from Rogue One. You can see things from Bourne. You can see things from Michael Clayton, even, um, especially in the writing. So I think it's, it, it's so far has been a mix that works really well of what he's bringing to the table. Yeah, I think he's bring he's bringing those like little elements. I mean, I I'm a really big fan of some of those movies. Like you know, I really I, I love the the Bourne films. I I really liked Michael Clayton. You know, like we said, Rogue One's probably the best of the Star Wars films and Star Wars IP that's come out since they started remaking them. And you know, I I really do like his work. I like his writing style. I mean, you look at those those Bourne movies, and I I think they're they're filled with like. A lot of people talking in rooms, but talking in rooms while like moving around and while with like pace and they make it interesting. You know, there's shows that are just talking in rooms, you know, like House of the Dragon is just people sitting in rooms talking to each other. But this makes it a little bit more engaged or a little bit more engaged. There's just like a, a a pace to all of this that really works where people are are, are moving and they're they're at like there's an urgency behind it in a way that really works and connects with me, you know, where like the book of Boba Fett, for example, just, just didn't, they're sitting in rooms talking, but nobody cares, you know, like, you know, I, I think I made that joke about a million times in the book of Boba Fett that like, no one cares, no one cares. You know, he demands respect. No one cares. And like, not, no one cares. This, it, it, the show doesn't say he demands respects. He just gets respect and it, it, it just shows it and it's written that way. And I think it's really good. It's earned. Mm -hmm. It's really earned, and you can see that throughout. And we're only three episodes in. Yeah, 
what I what I find really fascinating too is like apparently Tony Gerroy didn't originally sign up for this. He didn't really say he didn't sign on to to direct this or, or write this or anything. And he, but he knew that it was going to be happening. Like when they announced that Andor was going to be a show, he wasn't really a part of it at the time. And you know he he wrote to Kathleen Kennedy, who's the if you don't know, she's the overlord of Star Wars. She yeah, is she the is. emperor. Um, she's the Palpatine. Yeah, she's basically the Palpatine. So he he was like, he he understood like this is going to be difficult to make. He's like, this show is going to be really difficult. We've never made a Star Wars show. It has to be done with a particular budget. And you know, over the last five years, TV show budgets have just exploded. You know, it, it's a it's amazing what they've gone yep. through. But at the time when he wrote it, he wrote this letter to Kathleen Kennedy saying, like, basically he called it a manifesto, right? Saying like, this is I know what you guys are going to want to do, and it's going to be bad. This is going to be really bad. And he, he writes something that says to the effect of if I if I did this, this is what it should be. And like write out all of this list of like things that should happen in it and like what should what what the show should be about, what the show should look like, how the show should feel. And it it just seemed to work because they were like, oh, you want to do it differently? Yeah, we'll give you the keys to the kingdom and let you uh, let you drive this uh, ship around. And yeah, it seems to work. Um what what is it about the show though that that sets it apart from other things Star Wars MCU TV or even like the Lord of the Rings the Rings of Power or House of the Dragon what what is it that sets it apart I'm invested in the characters <laughs> <laughs> so character no but like if you really think about it, character 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 I mean I think you can you know you you you're talking about we're bringing in Star Wars MCU Lord of the Rings House of Dragon right that's not to say that I'm personally not invested in some of those shows characters like I'm a huge fan of Dragon I think it's fantastic um I'm a huge fan of Mandalorian um and there's things from MCU TV that I really really liked um I leave Lord of the Rings out um uh, you know we're bringing this example I am personally not invested in that show like I'm watching it every week but I could care less what happens because I'm not invested. Whereas Andor starts with three episodes. It's been a week and I am invested not only in the character of Andor, but I'm invested in all the other characters that we've seen so far. Like I want to see what happens to these characters. I want to see what happens to their stories. I want to see how they become, especially Andor, of course, the person that he becomes and the person that they will become because they're known in the galaxy as the starters of the rebellion um and i and i love that it was very for a space star wars show it was very centered and very human it was this this is a this is a relatable story you know these are uh, uh, it's a story about a these is these are stories about people overcoming whatever it is that they're overcoming rather than just elves or people riding dragons if that makes any sense so surprisingly even if it's a space story it's it, it's felt more grounded and i can relate to these characters therefore i'm invested yeah. in these characters so the writing for sure it is amazing because in three episodes i'm actually invested in all of these characters i i fully agree with that i mean it's it's not that the other shows don't have interesting characters to an extent you know some other like the mandalorian is a great example the mandalorian is an interesting character uh book of boba fett i didn't find those characters interesting enough or invested to, to get invested in even like obi-wan i was like not that interested in obi-wan even unfortunately mm -hmm. uh and like house of the dragon I'm, I'm trying to maintain my interest in it it's, it's a little bit more rough around the edges because it's just more dread around everything and then the lord of the rings of the rings of power like we've talked about it a bunch uh, on mic off mic. I'm not that invested in these characters because I don't think, I don't think they're particularly written well. And I don't think actually some of the acting is pretty great in it. I, I think it's, it's a lot poorer than, you know, I want to give it credit for, but this show just has, it has characters that are interesting. They're, they're, they're just, they're just reliable. And the other thing, you know, this show by comparison to, Lord of the Rings or the MCU is it has it has a different aesthetic to it. It looks lived in. It looks like all these places can exist. What also this show does that separates it from other series in in Star Wars is there are no there. It's not a space jumping. It's not an a planet jumping series. It's not a series that is all about you know blasters and lightsabers and, and lightsabers <laughs> and all of this stuff. It 
these characters are are just re they're the side characters in every other show. You know, yeah. these are the members of the rebellion. This isn't the leader of the rebellion. These are the members of the rebellion. This, this is isn't their... the son of Darth Vader. Yeah, exactly. This isn't like the kid who plays in the sand and then all of a sudden has to go and save the galaxy. You know, mm -hmm. this is the star. This is the founders of the rebellion. These are this is like the show about um, what's his what's his friend in uh, in in a new hope. I'm trying to think of is it like not switch or something like that? What's his friend? Which one? Which character? In, in like. I don't remember the character's name. The guy, the other guy that he runs into later on at, at flight school or. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I know. I can't, I can't remember that, but I remember, I know what you're talking, yeah, who you're it, talking it's, about. It's the character. It's, it's about that character. You know, it's, it's like those side characters, but it's their show. And it, it shows how important these side characters are. It's the people who form the rebellion, you know? And I think that's, that's, what's really fascinating. That's why I think Rogue One was so successful. It's about characters who are part of the rebellion, but not the leaders of the rebellion. It's a small band of people. And I think yep. that's what's really fascinating. And I mean, another thing that it really helps too is there's some really great actors in this. I think, you know, you, you throw in not just Diego Luna, but you know, you have side characters in Stellan Skarsgård and Fiona Shaw, like just fantastic, fantastic. actors. So, you know, you, you do get this, this level of prestige within it as well. I mean, I just think it, it also, it nails its mark when it comes to genre, you know, this this is one of those things that aims to be a character drama and a spy espionage series, you know, where other shows have claimed to be certain types of things like this, like, uh, you know, the book of Boba Fett. I keep going back to it, but it, it tried to be a it, it, it aimed to be like a crime syndicate show. Like and it just didn't work. It, it just didn't work. It just didn't hit. It just stayed on the surface and it never became what it really wanted or tried to become. Or even these, even the the MCU shows, you know, MCU TV just became like they're like, oh, we're gonna make a courtroom drama, like a quirky courtroom drama with with She Hulk. Which, to be to be fair to She Hulk, I have watched more of the episodes of it, and it is it does actually improve a little bit. Well, yeah, but yeah, it, it's a fine, it's okay, it's a fine it's, show. It's just fine, but like you know, other shows like Moon Knight, which tried to become this like twisted other character out of body experience, mm -hmm. like thriller didn't actually land as that type of a series or you know these shows just didn't really land the way that they're supposed to this is hitting its mark it's it's it, it knows what it wants to be and it's and it's going for it what did you think of that um i think you're right i think it i i'm a huge fan um of movies and tv shows that give us exactly what they want to give us in other words that they know what exactly what they are and I think this show knows exactly what it is. They're making this story about characters, like you said, the sideline characters, the supporting characters, the re the rebels. Because to be fair, we've heard about the rebellion and we've seen parts of the rebellion throughout the 45 plus years of Star Wars, but we've never gotten into the rebellion. We've always stayed with the powerful people at the top right so these are the people that actually fight in the planets fight that have these lived experiences which as a fan of star wars and books and ips this is a these are a lot of interesting stories so the fact that they know exactly what they want to be and they're giving us that and the fact that they know that this is a two-season show they already it's two seasons 24 episodes and we're done they have the chance to give us a story, right? They have a plan, or at least that's what I, I think they're doing. Mm. And so far they're giving us that. So they have a plan and I think they know exactly what they want to give us. The nice thing about the show too, is the fact that we know where the show is going. We know that all of these characters die. <laughs> you know, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but if you haven't seen Rogue One, they all die. Uh, like all these characters are pretty much going to die eventually. So I kind of like that it's contained in that way. Like we can't have 18 seasons of this. We don't have like, well, maybe we can like modify it and make them live or, you know, bring them back. It's like, no, they're going to die. We uh, it's okay. I, Can you imagine okay they bring this. them back when their planet literally exploded at the end of Rogue One? They're like in yes, the beach yeah. when it explodes. <laughs> yeah, they're all dead, uh, which is good. Uh, By the way, way, originally they had said um, they had offered... Um, well, in this court, Diego, in this case, Diego Luna, you know, who's the star of the show, they said, hey, we want to do five to six seasons. And he was like, no, I can do two seasons. I am not going to do five or six seasons. Good. I just can't. So he's the one um, I read in an interview that he did that he was the one that actually said, no, it's two seasons. Take it or leave it. If not, I won't do the show.
That's great. I mean, I think it, I think it totally works in in what they're doing, and they're able to get these great actors in for a short period of time. You know, they're going back into production right now. I think they start shooting in November. Yeah. So we we know that it's coming, and we know it. And what's nice is they're going to start shooting. The scripts are already finalized. They don't care about the like the feedback from audiences. You know, mm-hmm. they're not building it based on that, like other shows might be. You know, like where. I don't I don't know exactly what shows were, were, were made were greenlit because of fan feedback, but they're not going to start doing that with this, which I think yeah. is a really kind of cool way of doing or delayed. This. You know, they could have said, let's delay this and see and wait for the people. They're about to, you know, they're, they're start filming while the show is running. Exactly. So I, I do really like that. I think it's I think it's going to work and it should be pretty effective. I mean, I think the characters are interesting and, you know, I think there's a lot of, of good value in that. I think that that's it. It can be really interesting there. It is. Is there, anything, it is. is there anything from the first like few episodes that you wanted to specifically shout out? Um, I so I saw you know me obviously hyperbole. So I lo- I saw the I saw it the first three episodes when they with the episodes when they dropped and I was like yes Star Wars is back I love it. Then we texted um, and you gave me a mini heart attack. I was looking at the screen. Please tell me he liked <laughs> it. Please tell me he liked it because you're like Andor thoughts question mark and I'm like I sent you the meme of Gaga. Brilliant, amazing, excellent. No, nothing. I'm like, please let him like this show. Please oh, and then no, like I, show. and then I text you back. I text you back seriously. Yeah, that's what it was. And I'm like, he hated the show. <laughs> but then I was like, no, seriously, you're correct. These, these are all great. You know, it's, it's so funny. I did do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and when I watched it the second time, I loved it the first time. Um, and then the second time, you know, with a lot of these things, especially because I'm such a fan, I like watching these things over and over just to watch it with a more clear objective kind of mine i loved it even more the second time i think they're mm-hmm. i think the writing is fantastic i love that star wars has always been if you look at the core of star wars star wars has always been a political show right um and i and i love that this show is very in your face political and this is also an immigrant story which i love i love there's one line and i think i so far my favorite thing is the writing then the sec- second thing the acting there's one line in the first episode right at the beginning when he's facing off with the two police officers um and there's one line that they're asking him like how did you get here did you like cross the bridge or write whatever blah, blah, blah. and then they say did you swim here and that line for me was just so big because that is it for me. The way I saw it is a hidden political message. You know, Diego Luna is Mexican. That that line means so much for for Mexican immigrants and stuff like that. So I'm like, this writing is fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. And then the acting, like you said, bringing in fantastic actors adds to the level of prestige to the show. I think Skarsgård, which I'm a huge fan, I think it's fantastic. Fiona Shaw, that third episode. That revolves a lot around her. I thought she was phenomenal. Somebody who there's scenes of her that she hardly speaks in a few scenes and her face tells you everything. Um, And even the minor characters, like his friend that covers for him and stuff like that. I just really like the way they are developing or at least the first three episodes presented characters and the way they're writing the show. And I think like always, writing makes a big difference. So for me, the writing outstanding yeah for for me the one of the things that really stuck out i mean obviously the writing is 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 really good i think especially like you know we we get a character established really early on (laughs) like the fact that this isn't spoiling anything to say but um in the very beginning like in the first five minutes of the show cassie and andor kills someone you know well actually he kills two people the yep. first one is by accident. The second one is on purpose. And it's just like, oh, and it's not it's not like uh, it's not like he killed a stormtrooper. You know what I'm saying? Like a masked person, random, you know, uh, NPC, that type of thing. Like, no, you know, not, like not just like a human person. It was a human, someone who we've met, someone who has character, someone who's talked and he decides to kill him. And it was it was really I was like, oh, wow, this is like this is a choice. This is a different show. This is a different this is a different Star Wars show. Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't see Mando doing that. You know, you wouldn't see Boba doing that because Boba's weak. Um, you wouldn't see Obi-Wan doing that. So, like, you don't see those things happening. But so I thought that was really great. And I was like, oh, wow, we're, we're off to a very different start. 
And the other thing that I, I really, really loved, and this is one of the things that after doing some research, I, I was really invested in, um, is I think the production value is, is very good. You know, a lot of these shows, the Star Wars shows like The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan are shot on what's called the volume, which is their giant LED stage that the they, they create yeah. in, in uh, I think, where is it outside Atlanta, probably somewhere out there. Um, but that's the volume is what it's called. It's called the volume. And that's mm -hmm. where they that's where they shoot it. Right. This is not shot there. This is shot on sets that were built. Um, and in interviews with Tony Gilroy, he, he basically is glowing for half the interview about the the visuals in it. And he's glowing about the production designer whose name is Luke Hull. Um, Luke Hull had been a part of this from the very beginning. He, he He's he's the production designer. He was in meetings that happened before the writing room was even established. So in the original edition, uh, original drafts, Luke Hull is there looking at like, okay, what does this look like? What does the outside of the ship look like? What does the inside of this building look like? Or what's the rest of it? Like, you know, if we see these rooms on, you know, th these rooms where these people work, what does the whole building look like? You know, like these types of things. And he's, he's designing every single element. And if you look at the detail in each of these different pieces of technology, they're in offices, they're in warehouses, they're in workshops, they're in homes, they're on different planets in, in, in different parts. And in, the production value is so good and you can see that they actually built everything and it looks like people actually lived there, yeah. you know? And I think that's, I think that's really, really important. Um, you know, putting this emphasis on the aesthetic and the feeling of everything in the show, having a history, you know, what that was so good. And my question is like, why don't other shows do this? Like you could do it. You could do this. You could just make this a priority. Why don't they do it? I, I, I don't. No, because they're dumb. Um, and I agree with you a hundred percent. We all you and I gush a lot about real stuff, right? Practical mm -hmm. effects, set pieces, and exactly what you say, the fact that this show adds all 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 of the real life settings around the world that they filmed and everything that they built just adds this extra layer layer of believe being believable that just sucks you into the story. And and I granted Mandalorian's fantastic. I think the Dome in Mandalorian is amazing. Mm, yeah. Boba Fett and Kenobi was okay. You can kind of tell that they're relying on it a little bit. But the fact that Gilroy said, "No, I want this to be real. I want to go around the world and film this, and I want to build to build sets." These are the results. You know, you feel it. You feel it when you go into these people's homes. Especially, there's a lot of home visits, and and in these episodes, you're like, "Oh wow, we're there, and this is amazing." You could see what's on the screens and the screens look like they're real. They're not animated screens. You can see the different elements of it. And when they use visual effects, one of the things that Gilroy was saying as well is when they do use visual effects, they do something that's really important for visual effects. And I think something that I think the MCU got away from, I know for sure the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power is not done. It's they're, they're using the camera in ways in, in visual effects when they animate everything they're using, they're moving the cameras in ways cameras move. <laughs> they're using I, that sounds no it sounds really cheesy and really corny but if you watch if you watch some of these shows you can you can see like cameras don't move that way like you know they're they're doing things in unnatural ways and they look different from what's going to be shot on a on a camera like that's why that's why we can see it you know visual effects are used all the time these visual effects in top gun yeah. maverick you know we see them use visual effects in that right they use tons of them dune has tons of visual effects right it's like it's a whole animated planet but they're doing it in a way that is, is different. They're like, they're not trying to be like, Hey, look at what we can do with visual effects. They're like, let's use visual effects to enhance what we have right now. They and they rely moving, on it. Yeah. They're creating camera movements that look like they're mimicking real cameras. They're using lenses that mimic real lenses. They're, they're putting cameras where cameras can actually go. And it's, it's, it's just making it look just so much better. I mean, one of the things that I would say for the show that really helps is, you know, Luke Hall, if you don't know what he's been the, produ the production designer on, he was the production designer on Chernobyl, yep. which is one of the best miniseries of the past 20 years. It's oh, incredible, incredible. Phenomenal. It, 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 especially from the production design standpoint. Plus, uh, the one of the executive producers of this show is Son Wollenberg, who also is one of the main producers on Chernobyl. So the two of them combine again to just create just 
brilliant, brilliant work. You know, you're getting the people who who won all of these awards for Chernobyl. <laughs> like literally, they won tons of Emmys. Yep. And all of the stuff for that, and, and the Golden Globes back when we cared about that. Um, they won all this stuff, and they're they're taking that and putting it into this show that does, to me it doesn't feel like a Star Wars show. It's a show that's in the Star Wars universe, but it doesn't feel like a Star Wars show, which is, I think, the biggest accomplishment of it all. Yeah, it's the refreshing part. You know, being a huge Star Wars fan, it's okay to do shows like that. It's fine. Mm -hmm. We we want to see those stories, and I'm happy. And it, you're 100% right. This, right now, I don't think of this as a Star Wars show. I think uh, uh, um, of it as a show within this universe. And you're 100% right. And the production design is so good. Um, and, and it adds... It shows that Star Wars, which Mando did a lot, um, um, a lot of it when it started, um, and so did um WandaVision in the MCU side. It shows that you can take these genre properties, um, sci-fi, fantasy stuff like that, and add prestige to it. You know, you could tell great stories. You can have great acting, and not everything has to rely just on the genre thing. So I'm really excited that you have these people, these quote unquote prestige, use that term as whatever you like, that did something like Chernobyl, which we loved Chernobyl oh, when yeah. that came out. I still Phenomenal. love it. Um, and it adds this level of like, ooh, Star Wars is just not this. It's this and let's elevate it. I think I think that's just that's that's what's so good about it. I mean, for me, one of the things I was when I was watching it the other day, I'm like, you know what? This is this isn't a space opera the way that you know obi-wan is and it's not a space western like uh like the mandalorian is mm -hmm. and you know it, it's none of those things it's a sci-fi show which is more what i felt like it, this feels more like blade runner than it does star wars yeah which i think is awesome so like yeah I, I, I just we're both fans of blade runner yeah so i think that's that's the cool thing it definitely if you like sci-fi in like not like not like high sci-fi you know what i'm saying like like stuff that's like weird sci-fi channel type stuff but you know which can get can get way out there mm. um if you like that stuff this is really good like this reminds me of like the expanse a little bit the expanse yeah if oh that's it, a nice it, comparison i i could i could feel that a little bit in this it's it's really good except more spy thrillery you know yeah. I, I think i think it's, it's really good so you know, it's funny. and we haven't even gone into the big spy thrillery of it all because he's just starting. Yeah, exactly. His character, you know, so he's now just going to become the Andor that we know from Rogue One. Yeah, we're only three episodes in, and like that's what's really great too. We haven't even gotten fur further into it. I just hope it maintains where we are right now. Right? Same, <laughs> same. What are so? What are you expecting for the rest of the series? So we have what nine more episodes. Again, mm -hmm. this is the longest Star Wars show, and probably the longest show Disney has done so far with twelve episodes. Um, I like you said. I just want them to keep at it. Um, don't drop. Stay as good as the first three episodes or better. Um, story wise. I've always thought that Star Wars has a million stories that you can tell, right? And you, we don't have to rely on, on Jedi. So I'm really excited to get back into the politics that we know we're going to see because we've seen them in the trailers. We're going to go back to the Senate. Uh, we're going to go back to this, you know, some some areas and planets that we do know of, like Coruscant, which the Senate is there and stuff like that. But it'll be nice to see it from a different perspective. It'll be nice to, even though we're going to go to the Senate, I hope we don't get Palpatine although he's obviously the emperor at this time, leave that in the past. Like like Ben mm -hmm. Solo said, let it die. Um, but see the political machinations of these people in high power that are helping the rebels and stuff like that. These are just cool stories. So I want to see the political machinations of, you know, all of that's going on, the rebellion being born. Um, and I also want to see a lot of more of that um, officer <laughs> that is behind Andor because I really like him as the bad guy. So I just hope um they tell us those those stories more. Yeah, I'm I'm interested. I'm I'm interested to see where we go. You know, we're definitely gonna get some of that politicking and like just more government type work, which is interesting. That's part of the the spy genre, you know. I want this espionage type thing to to continue. I, I'm hoping it's still good. What I what I've heard is it's going to be in like three episode arcs. So there'll be like mini arcs throughout this, which I think is sure. really cool. Um so you know, it's going it, to, there's apparently some huge reveals, some really big stuff. I think it's going to be 
pretty exciting and it's going to it's going to culminate in a, in a pretty exciting end to the season i'm assuming uh gilroy was really excited to talk about that <laughs> i almost spoiled it on the podcast i was listening to when he was interviewed he's like he's like oh my god i just want to talk about the end like so badly but i can't uh but but please have <laughs> me back like it's it's just great so i'm i'm really excited for this i think you know we're getting i'm excited for what this can do for star wars and like what they might be able to do and be like, other people might be able to look at this and be like, oh, you mean we can make that too? You know, I, I'm hoping that that's what we, that's what we get from this. I'm hoping other people look at it and say like, oh, we, if we pay attention to production value and writing, we, we can really elevate our television show yep. and do something different and people will be interested. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm no. you don't, you don't need to cater to the fan base as much as you think you have to, if you yeah. have good stories. I think when we cater to the fan base, we water it down. Yep. You know, a watered down version is not good. <laughs> no, as long as it's good. Well, yeah. that's all just we make ask. Good content. That's, that's all, all we, we ask. Want. Just, just give us good stories. We don't need lightsabers 24 seven. We don't need Jedi's 24 seven. We don't need Kenobi 24 seven. As long as the stories are good, we'll be happy. Just give yeah. us good stories. And I'm hoping for more of it. I think we'll get more. I, I enjoyed it. I think it's great. You know, I, we might be checking back in with this every once in a while. Maybe we'll do, we'll probably do in a couple of weeks, we'll do a, a check-in on our television shows so they can see how they ended up going. Yeah. <laughs> and if they actually up. do the three episode arcs, we might mention it in three episodes from now. That actually could be a really good idea. Yeah. <laughs> if they do the three episode arc, because they, that's true. If you say that they, that if they're doing that, I could definitely see that in those first three episodes that we already got. Yeah. Because it was that arc of him that we make it to. Now let's see what happens next. Oh, I'm so excited. It's just a, it's just good. It's, it's just good. really, it's... really good. And it's not good because our expectations were low. It's good because it's actually good and yeah. surpassing everything we thought it was going to yeah. be. It's one of those shows that I would say is worth tuning into. You know, like where if you missed Boba Fett, good for you. I'm glad you missed it. Uh, you don't need to catch up on it. But like this, <laughs> this is something that like, you know, is worth your time. It's exciting. It's thrilling. And it, it's really, really fun. So it could be some good scheduled television for you all once again, you know, yeah, which is what we want. I think the last episode comes out Thanksgiving. So we got like a lot of content to go through. Yeah. See, we, see, we're there, the model you like weekly episodes. I love it. Absolutely love it. Keep the conversation going. It keeps it alive. It should be it should be really good. Um, yeah. So definitely check that out. It's on Disney Plus. It drops every Wednesday, I believe. So we'll get an episode tomorrow. By the time this like goes up, you guys will be able to watch episode four, which I'm pretty jealous of. But you know, we'll we'll be we'll be back to talk about it for sure. Next week we'll definitely be back. We're going to be talking about Bros. That comes out this weekend. How excited are you for Bros? Oh, I already have my tickets. I'm ready for that movie. There we go. So I'm it's going to be ready for that movie. I'm excited. It's going to be a very, very big movie and I'm very excited to talk about it next week. So definitely be back to talk to join us with that. It's going to be a good time. So thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you guys next week.